I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 25, we talk about mentors and we talk with Mike Wessendorf about the importance of shepherding. Welcome to another episode of Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babbler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. Drew, how are things going for you? Pretty well. Getting pretty close to Hearts and Hands this year. This week we talked to Mike Wessendorf, who's going to be one of our breakout presenters for this year's Hearts and Hands. You'll hear more about that in our interview with him. But we wanted to take this opportunity to say now is the time to register for Hearts and Hands. Go to wellscreatives.com slash register. You can find the full schedule posted there and some bios for all our presenters. You can find special group rates and also student rates for those students out there, whether you're high school students or college students. Take advantage of that as well. Now, Drew, if I'm someone listening today and this is the first time I've heard about Hearts and Hands, who is it for? It's cliche to say that it's for everybody, but it really is. Uh, Whether you are a creative person that wants to learn how best to express their creativity or how to use it in connection with the church, whether you want to be encouraged by others who are doing similar things to you, Hearts and Hands is for you. But it's also for those who just have a passion for it, even if it's not something they personally do. If you like seeing art and you like seeing music done well, especially in connection to the church, coming and and showing your support for the artists and the creatives that are there and just finding ways that you can help support them and further the things that they're doing. All all of those people, we'd love to have you there. We'd love to meet you. It's, it's just a good time for everybody. If you are one of those people that is maybe not a creative themselves but want to support the arts or you just can't make it to Hearts and Hands this year but want to show your support for it, this is my shameless plug. We have the ability for you to donate to help Hearts and Hands be put on and, and cover all of our expenses as well. When you go to wellscreatives.com, there, there's a link there for you to donate as well if that is the way that you are able to support this ministry. We thank you for those of you who have and who will continue to do that. I think that's one of the best parts about this community we have, Drew, is we're really seeing and hearing from all these different people that are doing creative things in their own way. But there are also people there who really are just supporters. We need people to support those who are creative, to to be the ones to let them try, as we've mentioned in the past, and to be their mentors. And that's kind of what we talked about uh, with Mike Wessendorf this week on the podcast. Drew, did you have any uh, mentors growing up? Yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, is kind of a weird question. But, like, you know, <laughs> you, you had teachers and, and pastors and things like that that you looked up to. But thinking kind of more more recently in my life after having graduated college and things like that, the the thing about being a worship coordinator full-time in the wells is that there isn't really currently a, a system in, in place for, you know, for training them or for mentoring them or anything like that. So you kind of have to seek it out on your own to a certain extent. And it's not necessarily all, you know, musicians that I, I'm looking to. I would certainly point, and it seems a little strange to say this because he's only a year older than me, but to Kent Reeder, who is our pastor here at Illumin, just the amount that he's pushed me to grow in my spiritual life and in how the ways I think about worship and music and things like that. He's certainly been a, a positive influence. 
Jonathan Borman is a pastor about two hours away from us here. He occasionally comes here and preaches and just the ways I'm able to reach out to him for for advice and counsel have been invaluable over the last few years. How about you, Tim? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. It's really, you think of in the more recent past and the professional career of things. And when I was, you know, one or two years into the ministry as a teacher, and I just really wanted to expand my creative field as far as playing guitar and playing for worship went, I did just a search online of, is there anybody in the Wells who is doing this? And I came across a blog from a guy whose name is Steve Brown. He is a volunteer musician and worship leader for his church. And I read so many of his articles about things and was just like, you know, this guy had a big influence on me, even though he and I had never met until last year at the Hearts and Hands conference when I got to meet him for the first time. And just tell him, like, you literally have no clue who I am. But thank you so much for just putting yourself out there and having a blog on the Internet where people who don't necessarily have someone directly with them, like you did with Kent, for example, just someone else to give you encouragement and to say I'm praying for you and things like that. And that's the sort of things that I hope that in my career I can build for for future musicians, that I can be a mentor for them as well. Yeah, and I think in speaking with Mike Westendorf this week, he has a lot of thoughts on this topic as, as well about mentorship and, and bringing up the next generation and providing counsel and resources and so on. So let's get to our interview with Mike. Today we are joined by Mike Westendorf. Thanks for joining us again, Mike. Great to be here again. Mike, you're one of the breakout presenters at Hearts and Hands this year. Did you want to give us a little sneak preview of what you're going to be talking about? Uh, it's going to be good. Something that God's put on my heart the last, I would say, two, three years. And it's, uh, it's being honest and honorable to the question of why should I come to church? Why? And uh, wrestling with that and, and really wrestling it down to the mat and, and going through uh, God's Word and uh, really finding some, some beauty in Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3 for the reason why we exist and why worship, that, that hour, that 75 minutes of time of joint communal worship is uh, the closest thing that you can get to heaven, this side of it, and uh, why it's so important. So I really wanted to within the context of all of this this creative uh, energy that's coming to both liturgical and non-liturgical settings, create something of a, of a framework to remember what this is really all about, both for the, uh, for the believer and also for the unbeliever or the, the reclaimed, if you will, who is in our midst in our public worship. So looking forward to tackling the idea of communion and community and common unity and be taking a look at that and Try to try to model it a little bit in one of the devotions, too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that devotion as well. Speaking of things that have been kind of placed on your heart lately, you've been going bigger and bigger with this Awaken Alive idea. Can you tell us a little more about that as well? Yeah, we. so June 9th, this is going to be the national-slash-local event for 18- to 25-year-olds and leaders. Um, as we've been working through this, we, we recognize that the villain, if you will, the enemy of the 18 to 25-year-olds is really the box. It's the fear of being put in a box. Either my mom and dad put me in a box or my circumstances put me in a box or I need to get out of this town because it feels like a box. And for a lot of us, we're looking for vulnerable and intimate relationships. And, you know, as we've been looking at how can we serve 18 to 25-year-olds? 
part of our goal is to inspire them to see Christ in all things and and to really step into this picture of living life to the full. Well, strategically, uh, we have a two-day conference in January. Uh, we host that in Milwaukee, and, and that's we're hoping that there will be a day that we've got people flying in from all over the country uh, to be a part of that event. Uh, but on at the summer event, it's the second Sunday of June. The goal is that we will live stream that event so that if you're a church and you you don't have an 18 to 25 ministry, in fact, you don't even have a budget for 18 to 25-year-olds, we want this event to be something that you can count on to be reliably quality Lutheran perspective and uh, something that is free for you to kickstart your own uh, group, if you will, of 18 to 25-year-olds, or since it's happening in your church, when you live stream in with us, if you're wanting to invite some high school kids, great. We also want this to, uh, people to understand who are listening that this is not just for the generation. That's our focus, is to serve that generation, but also to raise up older adults who can be true mentors, true partners in walking with these young men and women. And so if you're a church that doesn't even have 18 to 25-year-olds in your church, you sure as heck know a whole bunch of them uh, through your congregational members. So anybody who's got a heart for walking with them, we want you to join us. You can either join us live in Muskego, Wisconsin, at uh, the bridge in St. Paul's in Muskego, or you jump on the live stream, and we're finalizing some of it. The information's already up on the uh, website, awakealive.com. But for all of our 18 to 25-year-olds, this one's going to be an awesome one with Scott Goschak. We're going to be talking about strengths, and one of the big problems for a lot of young people interviewing today an interviewer or a job prospect will say, tell me about your, your strengths. What makes you unique? And a lot of our young people struggle with answering that in any real authentic way. The Strengths Finders is, I think, a beautiful example of the uniqueness that God's created in all of us and a way for you to tap into how God has uniquely made you. And it's, it's very practical. Uh, so Scott Goschak will be leading us through that. Kicks off at 6.30 with a devotion with Pastor Aaron Strong, and then Scott's session goes, and this is Central Time, Scott's talk goes from about 7 to uh, 8 o'clock, and then we sign off and we turn everybody on the local level uh, over to an hour of community group. We have some questions that we'll be putting on the uh, website that you can print out and lead, you know, so Drew or Tim, if you're up in, you know, Green Bay, and Drew, you're out in, you know, South Carolina, wherever you guys are at, um, you can... You can be a part of this, and my hope is that from there you start, you, you get a nucleus, because on July 1st we're going to introduce and release two additional teaching videos on this topic so that you have a follow-up uh, opportunity that you can plan on for the summer. And we partner with Campus Ministry in the Wells so that we work at the times when Campus Ministry is off. We step in and we serve the entire 18 to 25 generation and uh, campus ministry then kicks in during the school year. So uh, I hope that that makes sense, but awakealive.com has all of the details. The summer session is free, so just register for free, even if you're um, you know, from a different part of the country. Just want to know who's with us and how we can serve you guys. Yeah, and one of the things, a common theme I get whenever I talk with you that I really appreciate is this idea of, of mentorship or encouraging and building one another up. So it was kind of funny to me a, a few weeks ago you and I were talking because you just accepted a call to full-time ministry, right? Mm-hmm. I did. 
Yeah, and you asked me, a guy who's only been in the full-time ministry for two years, if I had any advice for you, and I still <laughs> have yet to answer that question, uh, so I apologize for that. But I think to, to a certain degree that speaks to, to a need within our circles, and specifically the very narrow guys who have a title like worship director or worship coordinator or girls mm -hmm. too. Um, Kristen Kepsel is doing fantastic stuff out in uh, Idaho. But... Uh, there, there's not really a, a formal system or anything set up to grow and share with each other. So I think that it speaks to the importance of, of mentorship of some sort. What, what are your thoughts, Mike? It's been encouraging. You know, I've heard of, uh, of our church body doing more to help. Um, I think that the Wells Connection did a, a, a piece about the the connecting young pastors to older pastors to help them navigate the first two to five years of their ministry because it's you know, like like all of us, no matter if you're in a secular world or if you're, you know, working as a professional Christian, it's it, it winds up looking a lot different than your, you know, idealistic young self, you know, takes it to be. And, and there's just certain things that you're not equipped to handle. And uh, so having that mentorship means more people stay in the ministry. And, and I know that even within the teaching uh, sector as well, uh, public and private school, that they're recognizing the immense need to have quality mentors. And to be honest, I think our country and this culture just, it, we lack in general. It's not just a church thing. It's, it's a struggle with having young people be humble enough to learn from older people. And older people understanding that this is not about getting them to follow a rule. It's, it's about walking with them. And being available to them to help them be the hero of their story, not us be the hero of their story. You know, as we get older, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. I've got 20, 18 and 14 at home. It's tempting for me to sometimes step in and just be the hero of, of their problem. And every time I do that, I suffocate a, a part of them because it's not mentorship at that point. And so... Yeah, raising up a generation of older adults who can find real joy in walking with a young adult through the, the successes and failures. And, you know, like I said, Drew, I mean, I'm a, I'm a context and strategic guy. That's, those are some of my strengths. So I, I like to hear the stories of where people struggle and where people overcome and the things that they've had. And, you know, full-time ministry, I think the scariest thing to me is that I'm, I'm a meteorologist. I'll be doing meteorology through the summer. I won't start the full-time part of the call until November. So I've been in the 24-7 world, but the ministry piece of things, how do I set boundaries and how do I set boundaries on my heart because it breaks so easily for uh, the pain that I see in the world. So those are, the, I need some help with that. <laughs> I just need some help with that. Yeah, I think you hit on something important there too, just seeing we can be vulnerable with each other with the idea of each of us is really individually growing into the person that God created us to be. And I think people that can mentor each other professionally is also a huge thing. Absolutely. That's why I'm excited to be, you know, stepping into this. Part of the reason I'm, I'm excited to be stepping into this role is, is uh, drawing closer to some of those mentors as we step in to really serve the world that, that needs a message of hope that is, that, that has real foundation and root to it, you know? So whether it's for, someone who's just entering the ministry right now or someone who is maybe at one of our Wells High Schools or, or MLC or Bethany or anything like that, that is 
kind of struggling with this idea and like how to best use their gifts within the church and kind of looking for some guidance and direction. What do we have for them? What can we give to those people? You know, I, I, I hope in some respects that, that our, our culture continues to move a little bit closer to what Luther envisioned when he was, you know, scratching out the catechism, you know, that the idea really of the, <clears throat> of what it means to be in the church starts at home and that God has given, if you're a parent, God has given you the responsibility of pastoring your children. And I've gone back and forth with other pastor friends about what's the best use for that word, shepherding, you know, that's that sounds a little bit nicer. It's It doesn't con- conflict with or confuse the pastoral ministry of the local uh, pastor. But, the you know, the, the more I've wrestled with it, the more I think that it's really important that, no, we understand that as, as pastors, as parents, we've been given the responsibility to pastor our, our families, uh, for men and for, for moms and for dads, and that we take seriously the accountability that God is calling us to. I think that when we start to see that, we see our, our local pastor really as almost like a professor from the SEM. We, we look at, at him as a, as, a, as a true mentor, and when he looks out as his congregation, he doesn't see only sheep. He also sees fellow shepherds. You know, the, he's the pastor who pastors pastors. And I say that because I think that if that can happen, if we can, if we can help raise that up, what it will do is it will create within our local congregations more of the pastoral heart, the true shepherding heart that, that really will start to create uh, some places for young people to find a couple people who can walk with them. I always, in fact, I'm teaching seventh grade catechism this year, public school. And, and the last extra credit question is I asked them to, to list five people who would help them stand firm in their faith right now. And I'll give them a point for every name that they put in. I just asked them to think about it. But I ask that question all the time. And my prayer is that as we go forward, a generation of young people, you know, from grade school all the way through our young adults, when they look at those five mentors in their life, that the two of those five, they would find in their congregation, the, the church where they're serving in. And that for some of our older people who have said, you know what, I don't, my body doesn't work, my mind doesn't work the way it used to, I'm not the person that I used to be, I wish I was still that, you know, charming young guy that I used to be. You know what, can we stop that for a second? And before we wish ourselves to heaven too soon, can we step back and and find the joy of being vulnerable with a younger person and just cheering them on and really adopting them and sponsoring them. Uh, so I think that as, as we think about that and as we work to maybe release in, in, into the, the churches the, the pastoral spirit uh, for more and more of our parents and our older people, that, that culture starts to develop that a young person would look to its church to see people who are going to help them stand firm. So... Again, I get kind of with the idea of mentoring and just thinking about, you know, Mike, you, Drew, and I have very similar uh, responsibilities now with our churches. And this is something that I don't think any of us thought that we'd be doing full time. So what kind of advice would you give for for students listening that may have a passion for music and worship just to, you know, kind of stick with it? And I guess what would you say for them? Well, I say for them is just be ready for diversity. So for me, my call is partially worship. And, and building up uh, musicians. 
So we'll be in southeastern Wisconsin, and, and part of what I would like to do is be able to help give musicians, both older and younger, an opportunity to work within you know, liturgical and non-liturgical confessional Lutheran worship from a, from a band setting. And so that's part of my, my call. The other part of it, though, is storytelling through the use of video. And then I'll be working with this whole concept of creating, uh, quite frankly, a mentorship foundation so that we can do young adult ministry and, and teen ministry and even parenting ministries uh, to help our young seventh graders have, have homes that are walking with them through their, their catechism years, if you will. So my, my advice, it's just some context, but, but my advice is think about that call within the diversity of it. Don't get bogged down just into the details, but maybe step back and remember the story that you're being called to, particularly for all of those who are interested in, in places of worship that I believe that a big part of our responsibility is to give the church a song to sing. Uh, we have to grow in our use of lyrics and um, understanding what those lyrics mean. I think that today's worship leader has to think from the standpoint of story. How, do, how does the, the music or the worship order that we put together, how does it help reflect the story of communion and community that God has called us to through uh, our time in worship. So I think learning how to be a, really study the idea of story, the simplicity of worship, God coming to us and his people respond. So how do we work with one another? And then from there, it really is getting a vision. I've been blessed to, as a, as a touring musician and as a recording musician, to understand the idea of a producer and the role of the producer and the executive producer on how music or how songs and how those things come together, in many ways you have to learn to think that way. And so you'd be, you know, be surprised that there are some, maybe some other things that you could do that would actually strengthen your worship ministry that may not seem to have anything to do with that. You know, studying, studying how movies are made, for example, or how, uh, how interviews are being done. Uh, studying your culture to understand uh, how people in your community are responding to certain messages. You know, you guys were talking about Avengers the other day and, and that whole thing. And I think, you know, when anytime the culture is really starting to talk about something, it's actually being vulnerable and, sh and, and giving us a, a look into their heart and their fears, if you will. So there's a lot of ways that you can grow that aren't just about going to conferences and learning how to do your skill set better. But if you really want to round it out well, I think that thinking in story and then be surrounded by uh, people who are better than you. That was one of the best pieces of advice ever given to me. If you want to get better at something, don't be the best person in the room at what you're doing. <laughs> Surround yourself by people who are better than you and then serve the rest of the people with humility. We want to thank you again for coming on the podcast and for presenting this year at Hearts and Hands and helping lead a worship session. We're really looking forward to both of those. Yeah, I am too. Uh, grateful that you guys are doing this and hope that it, it really does continue to grow as a resource for, for many, many people, both in our wells and, and maybe even for people who are really trying to understand how to do this confessionally in the future too. Mike, could you just give a little uh, update on the progress of your upcoming album project for those who may be interested? Yeah, so... 
Uh, Everything for Good is the album that we will release later on. Officially, it will release in September, but I'm going to be making it available this summer as soon as we're able to get it done. So we're we're done with the artwork. We're just in the we're almost done with all of the mixes, uh, and we're doing the mastering this week. So the hope is that we'll have the the music all done by Friday, and then uh, start to uh, get it over to the uh, production side of things, so that the album is ready. And uh, so right now, I'm thinking probably later on in June uh, we will get to the point where we'll have new music available. And I'm I'm really excited about uh, how this one came together and the story that's going to sit behind it. So. Uh, hopefully by the end of June, uh, certainly by July, there's going to be some uh, some new music. First album that I've had out since uh, about 2015, so I'm excited. And we'll be sure to keep people posted on the progress of that through all of our social media channels as well. That would be awesome. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have questions you want answered or people you want to hear from, please reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And we definitely appreciate the support we've received both for Hearts and Hands and also for the podcast. Your generous support keeps our podcast running. And if you'd like to make a donation or to see things uh, like bonus episodes or uncut content, check us out at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.